everyone, and welcome to Elephant TV. Uh, my name is Joe Kobothi. Today I'll be speaking to Ahmed Benchepsi, the Communications and Advocacy Director, Middle East and North Africa, under the Human Rights Watch. Thank you for having me, Joe. It's a real pleasure. Recently, recently, Human Rights Watch has released a very interesting report concerning the Israeli-Palestine question. Kindly give, give us a background. I think the main uh, stages is that in... Uh, uh, 1967, the Israeli authorities uh, invaded most of the West Bank and Gaza, even though there was an internationally recognized demarcation line or frontiers between the West Bank and Gaza, but Israeli forces has sat there for quite a long time now, uh, and, and the territory has been occupied since then. Now, in 2003, military forces, Israeli military forces withdrew from Gaza. Uh, but actually, it's just the ground forces that withdrew from Gaza. But control over Gaza, uh, over the area, aerial space, and various uh, crucial services are still in the hands of Israeli authority. Uh, while in the West Bank, uh, a lot of things happen, but maybe the most notable one or one thing that a lot of people spoke about because images were there is that there was a demarcation wall built mm. between, uh, between the uh, West Bank and Israel proper. However, it's important to note that the demarcation wall didn't espouse the uh, borders of, uh, uh, of the West Bank, but it went well inside the borders um, in a pretty transparent uh, uh, attempt to uh, carve out space for uh, settlements. So mm. some settlements are outside the wall, even though they are within the occupied territory. I mean, it gets complicated, right. but the point is uh, 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 you know, the Palestinian territories are still occupied and still considered occupied, even though the Palestinian authorities have some powers over some aspects of public life. But basically, the whole territory between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea are still considered under the control of the Israeli authorities. Now, in 1993, in Oslo, uh, negotiations started between uh, Israeli leaders and Palestinian leaders uh, in order to lead to uh, peace talks and hopefully uh, reach uh, a political agreement uh, between the two parties. Uh, but that political agreement was never reached. Why and whose fault it is, that's a vast question that I will not delve into because it, you know, it's, it's very complicated political questions that have various interpretations, whether, depending on whether you're on one side on, or on the other. But as far as I'm concerned, as the spokesman of a human rights organization, uh, wh what is important for us are the human rights, uh, are how human rights are respected or not respected mm. in, in the area. Now, there was this general narrative uh, that is that, yeah, there might be some violations in the Palestinian territories, but these are just symptoms because... Uh, uh, you know, peace talks have not concluded yet. And, uh, you know, when peace will be achieved, then the violations will just disappear. The, this narrative has been floating in the international conversation for quite a long time. And it was precluded on the notion of temporary because right. the occupation was relieved temporary uh, and uh, the end of it should be the, uh, you know, the ending of the peace talks. However, now it's been almost 30 years hmm. since the uh, Oslo agreements. Uh, and uh, no, <laughs> the, no peace agreement was ever dealt. And the, um, the violations not only have they not disappeared, but they have, you know, you know even deepened. And uh, 
their scope was extended. So as a human rights organization, what we're saying now is that uh, uh, the peace process or whatever political you know, solution might be found or not found one day, some talk about one state solution, some talk about two state solution. Mm -hmm. What we are saying is that we actually don't care. That's not our point. Our point is the human rights situation on the ground. Even occupation mm. has its laws. You know, countries have obligations under international law when they occupy a territory. They must guarantee the rights of the occupied people. They must not transfer their population to occupied land, uh, etc. Uh, what we're seeing now on the ground, and that, and, and this is what leads me to this report that we just issued, mm. it's a, a, a system of human rights violation that is so wide so systemic and so intentional that we actually made the determination, and that's a legal determination, that uh, Israeli officials are committing the crimes against humanity of apartheid and persecution. Precisely. That's a pretty that's a pretty grave mm. you know conclusion to get to. And of mm. course, we don't make such conclusions uh, uh, lightly. Mm. We work a lot before getting there. We analyze. Lots of documents, of laws, of policies. We, of course, did field work. We built on 30 years almost of documentation of human rights violations in the territory. We compared the situation of uh, Palestinians with those of Israeli settlers sometimes who live very near them. And we observed a wide gap between the way the first ones were treated and the second ones were treated. Uh, so we, we did our homework, basically. And that was some quite deep and serious homework that lasted more than two years. Mm. And in the end, we got to the conclusion, the legal conclusion, that Israeli officials are committing uh, the crimes of apartheid and persecution. Mm. Now, what is apartheid and persecution? It's not a slur. It is not, a, 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 it is not just a, a, you know, an accusation that is thrown out for the mm. rhetoric uh, value of it. No, it, these are legal concepts. Uh, some some reactions by uh, you know some Israeli officials or defenders of the government since we issued the report uh, has been focused on Human Rights Watch using the quote apartheid slur against Israel. Right. It's it's a way to you know deflect on the issue or to well not not talking about you know belittling our, our our work. It's not a slur. It is a legal characterization. It is a crime against humanity defined in international law and under international law, and specifically the International Convention of the Suppression and Punishment of the Crime of Apartheid that was uh, passed in 1973, and the Rome Statute that uh, created the International Criminal Court in 1998. Mm. So these are pretty precise legal, uh, uh, you know, definitions. And precise. how is yeah, how is apartheid defined under those, those international conventions? Mm -hmm. Well, it consists, it consists uh, sorry, of, of three uh, principal elements. Number one, there has to be an intent to maintain the domination of one group over another. Number two, there must be a context of systematic oppression by one group over another. And number three, there must be one or several inhumane acts against the dominated uh, party by the dominating party. When those three elements exist, uh, are identified and combined, 
then we are in the presence of the crime of apartheid, which is considered under international law as a crime against humanity. Uh, and the second crime that we have identified in this report is the crime of persecution that basically combines the same elements as the crime of apartheid, but it involves the intentional and severe deprivation of fundamental rights mm. by reason of the identity of the group. Like basically, if you're a Palestinian, if you are born a Palestinian, you don't have the same rights as if you're born an Israeli. You're not governed by the same courts. If you live in the Palestinian occupied territories, uh, uh, you you know there's there's a, a, a wide uh, difference between your uh, uh, rights and the way uh, you benefit from protections or don't benefit from protection of the state as if you're uh, Israeli. So if those, uh, if those uh, deprivations of fundamental rights are uh, done with a discriminatory intent, and I say so intent, then that is the crime of persecution. And we found in our report that yes, those two crimes are committed. Uh, those two crimes against humanity are committed by Israeli officials against uh, Palestinians, pursuing to one single policy. And what is that policy? It's a policy meant to maintain the domination of Jewish Israelis over Palestinians, including on a, from a demographic standpoint, mm -hmm. and to discriminate them against them across Israel and the Palestinian territories. What are some of the uh, gross human rights violations that have been used, instrumentalized along the lines of persecution appetite that uh, the report highlights? That to start with, uh, Palestinians who live in the West Bank, and there are 2.7 million of them, mm -hmm. they live under perpetual military rule. Uh, uh, so Israeli authorities, they impose draconian military rule on the Palestinians in the West Bank, while at the same time, they're affording Jewish Israeli settlers living in the same area, but in a segregated manner, their full rights and their, uh, and their Israel civil law. So you have two peoples living in the same territory, some are under military rule, the others are under civil law. So that's a clear uh, you know, instance of, of segregation. Uh, the, the closure of Gaza, you know, the Gaza Strip, uh, more than 2 million Palestinians live in it. It has been closed for 14 years. Basically, people are not authorized to leave, mm. except on very, very few exceptions, and it's very complicated to be one of those exceptions. But yeah, we can consider it a generalized travel ban on more than 2 million Palestinians. Uh, that's, so you have to picture the Gaza Strip. Mm. It's, it's uh, 40 by 11 kilometers. It's a strip, like 40 kilometers long and 11 kilometers wide. And it's closed from all sides, from air, from sea, from land. Uh, and it's basically an open air prison for the two million people who live in it. The permit regime is even when we live within the West Bank as a Palestinian, to move from one point to the West Bank of the West Bank to another point, you have to obtain permits to move in your own territory. And they are very hard to obtain. There are more, more than 600 checkpoints that the, and, and the military staff in those checkpoints, Israeli military staff, can turn back Palestinians without any reason. Sometimes you have a short commute that could be done in, I don't know, half an hour or 10 minutes, can take hours. And it's very humiliating. And they can stop you there without any movement, without any, any reasons. Uh, what else? Admissions committee within Israel. So because segregation also exists 
no, in Israel proper, mm. not just in Palestinian territories against Palestinians. Even though Palestinians in Israel have way more rights than Palestinians in the Israel in, in the occupied territory, but still they're discriminated against. Some uh, you know small Jewish towns, hundreds of them actually, they have what we call admissions committee, and those committees have the power by law to exclude Palestinians. You know, little towns, and they say Palestinians are not allowed to live here, and they can say that by law. So, I mean, how more transparent can it be right. when it comes to segregation? A building, right? right? It's almost impossible for Palestinians to build homes in the vast majority of the West Bank because they need a building permit that they never get. Actually, uh, uh, if they build without authorization, their house is destroyed. And not just the, the, the new part that they built, but the whole house. So home demolition is a serious issue. Between, let me just give you a number. Between 2016 and 2017, mm-hmm. Israeli authorities issued a hundred times more demolition orders than building permits for wow. Palestinians. So basically, the point is to push them out. Right. So that's land expropriation, then the, the natural resources that are diver, diverted, uh, and uh, you can't go to your own place anymore, which has been stolen from you anyway. Mm. Got 4.7 million Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza right. that are basically denied civil rights. Mm. No freedom of speech, no freedom of assembly. You know, uh, 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 Israel touts itself the only democracy in the Middle East. Well, not for Palestinians because they, you don't have a basic civil rights. Why do you think that the Israeli community has has really spotlighted what's happening in the in in Israel Palestine and really done something about it? You, there were a lot of UN resolutions against Israel, but they were never, you know, seriously applied. Now there is there's starting to be something. You know, the uh, the International Criminal Court finally, uh, uh, you know, uh, stated about one month ago that it was opening an inquiry within Palestinian on on, on the crimes committed in Palestinian territories. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, we are not the only, you know, NGO uh, uh, calling what is happening in Palestine apartheid. Right. Uh, um, yeah, other NGOs did that before, uh, including Israeli NGOs, including the very respected Israeli NGO Betzalem. Uh, I understand others are going to say it. Uh, Amnesty I hear is working on it. We said it, and uh, so it's it's you know things are starting to change. Mm. I mean, it's a huge problem. As I just told you, I just listed the yeah. several <laughs> instances of mm. it's 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 discrimination. I mean, it's it's straight. It's serious. It's grave. Uh, but and, and the human, the, the international community cannot, you know, avert its gaze and look the other way, you know, forever. It's becoming so serious that it's it's right there. You can't miss it. And we are contributing to the fact that you know people need to open their eyes and call a spade a spade. It's uh, as I told you in the beginning of this conversation. It was all about the peace process, uh, whether it will be peace or not, whether it's one state or two states. What we're saying is that, hey, let's stop talking about theoretical things. Look at what's happening on the ground right now. Mm-hmm. It's a crime against humanity. What do we need to do to the human rights? How do we expand it to be able to, able to not, ju- not just uh, spotlight these issues, but really expand the conversation, but importantly, uh, really, really uh, check on human rights violations, not just in the Israel-Palestinian conversation, but across the world. 
talking leads to awareness and awareness is always the first step in mm. fixing a, a situation mm. uh, if there's a problem the first step to fixing it is recognizing the problem mm. and we are part of of what makes you recognize the problem is that we document we provide facts we provide evidence human rights is a set of laws and when you break the laws that the, the, the very notion of law what is it is is a norm and a sanction the norm is what's written in the convention or or the text of law and the sanction is what happens when you violate that norm right hmm. so uh, there are a lot of things should happen so in our reports in general and in this one in particular there is not just the uh, the the you know the 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 investigation and the statement of facts is also a whole section of recommendation and this section this recommendation section is based upon uh, uh, legal consequences of violating the law what are the legal consequences some of them you know they are accountability measures uh, when uh, uh, a crime the crime of apartheid is committed then there is a, a list of consequences that apply right. uh, for accountability. Right. So we're calling for a UN Commission of Inquiry, you know, to establish facts at an even more official level. I mean, we, we are an NGO, so when we provide facts, it's just our word. Uh, it, it, ha- it carries weight and influence, but it doesn't carry a legal... A UN, UN Commission of Inquiry that carries even more weight than what we see. So we, uh, we call for opening one. Uh, we call for investigation. The, now we go to the to the legal realm, you know, criminal. Uh, we call states. Well, of course, this is not even to talk about ICC, which which in the end will, will end in a court of law. We're just talking to states and governments. We were saying that they should open investigations and prosecute all those implicated in those crimes right. uh, under the universal jurisdiction. You know, the universal jurisdiction principle. According to to that principle, you can prosecute anyone anywhere. If they commit or if they're, you know, credibly suspected of committing serious crimes, and of course, a part of one of those crimes. Other steps that's very concrete is travel bans and asset freezes against officials responsible for the continued commission of these serious crimes. Mm. So they won't be able to travel anymore. The assets in, in, in foreign banks will be seized. Uh, Arms sales and military assistance to Israel, it should be conditioned on concrete and verifiable steps taken by the authorities towards ending apartheid and persecution. Uh, agreements, cooperation schemes should be all better. Trade forms should be better uh, to avoid uh, all those trade uh, you know, agreements that directly contribute to the commissions of crime of apartheid. So you see, right. the more we're getting into details, the less theoretical we are. Mm-hmm. And we get very concrete. And in the end, it would lead to a court somewhere uh, you know, freezing a bank account of someone, forbidding that person from traveling, and if that person travels, arresting that person and prosecuting them. In your view, what, what do you think of the role of advocacy uh, in really highlighting what's been happening uh, in, in, in Palestine? Well, advocacy is what we do. Uh, that's, you know, the Human Rights Watch's methodology is based, mm-hmm. based on three main tenets. Number one, it always starts with the investigation. Then we publish reports with the findings of our investigations. Then the second phase is investigate, uh, expose. Uh, that's the talk, talk phase. And that's that's my job because I'm the spokesman and I do communications. So the second phase is, you know, speak to the world and tell them this is what we found. These are the facts. And the third phase, and that's, that answers your question, 
uh, that answers your question is advocacy. Advocacy with whom? With governments, mainly. Uh, sometimes with the uh, international mechanisms, just such as the uh, UN um, Council for Human Rights. Or the UN directly, sometimes, you know, the Security Council, the General yeah. Assembly, uh, and also direct talks with diplomatic uh, uh, staff and, and officials in various countries, um, you know, asking them to, uh, to do what's right, basically. Mm. But it's not just as, you, you know, that could be construed sometimes as a little angelic, you know. Precisely. We're sitting in the official, official, because we, for, for example, we have also recommendations to the Israeli government in our report. Mm. Basically, our recommendation is stop committing those crimes. It might sound a bit angelic, like seen from the outside world. You know, oh, really? Are they naive? Like, are, are they going to sit with the Israelis and tell them, stop committing those crimes? And they'll say, okay. Mm-hmm. No, of course, that doesn't happen that way. But then uh, we're, we're talking with other governments. We're talking with the US. We're talking with uh, European governments, which won't necessarily listen to us like this as well. But that's the beauty of democracies. There are various levers that we can pull. We can use the media. We can speak to Congress people. We can, uh, we don't go to court because that's not part of our methodology, but courts can, but we push courts to do things, mm. including uh, 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 by application of the uh, uh, you know, universal jurisdiction principle that I told you about, including at the uh, ICC level. So advocacy is basically putting people in front of, pushing people, pushing officials to confront their responsibilities. Thank you so much.